True Crime Girls contains content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Some people are born artists. Some people are born doctors. These people, they were born killers. Enough poop talk. Let's talk about murder. <laughs> then there's our intro. Let's do it. All, I always look for something. There it is. <laughs> Enough about poop. I mean, we can have a podcast talking about poop. Oh my god, I can go all day. Remember that uh, lit list called <laughs> that list called the shit list? No. Oh my you god. Remember- <laughs> Have you read that, Kyle? Oh my god, I, I gotta find it. So. Oh my god, I had that on my binder in like seventh grade. It was a sh- it's called a shit list, and it was like all kinds of different shits, and it's so on oh, point. I did not. Okay. Have that. So goes. this is the shit list. Here she goes. The ghost shit. You know you've done a shit. There's shit on the toilet paper, but none in the toilet. <laughs> Teflon shit. Comes out so slick, clean, and easy that you don't even feel it. No trace of shit on the paper. You have to look in the toilet to make sure you did something. Glue shit. This has the consistency of hot tar. (laughs) You wipe your ass 12 times and it's still not clean. You end up putting toilet paper in your jock so you don't stain them. This kind of shit leaves permanent skid marks in the toilet. Oh my god. <laughs> second Google the shit list, you guys. Second thought shit. You're all done wiping and you're about to stand up when you realize you've got more. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when it's not ready. Yeah. <laughs> Pop a vein in your head shit. <laughs> the kind of shit that killed Elvis. It doesn't come out till you're all sweaty, trembling, and purple from straining so hard. <laughs> Weight watcher shit. You shit so much you lose several kilos. Uh, Right now shit. You had better be within 30 seconds of a toilet. You burn rubber getting to the toilet. Usually has its head out before you get your pants down. Fucking after Taco Bell. King Kong shit or choker. This one is so big that you know it won't go down the toilet unless you break it into smaller chunks. A wire coat hanger works well. (laughs) This kind of shit usually occurs at someone else's house. (laughs) Cork cork shit or floater. Even after the third flush, it's still floating on the bowl. I've never had one of those. I have never had that. Wet cheek shit or splashdown. This (laughs) shit hits the water sideways and makes a big splash that gets you all wet. That's what she said. Five more. Wish shit. You're still there all cramped up in the fetal position and fart a few times, but no shit in sight. Sometimes it's called political shit since there's a lot of hot air and no result. Wow. Brick shit. You wish you had a spinal (laughs) anesthetic before you attempted this one. (laughs) Snake shit. This shit is fairly soft, about as thick as your thumb and at least a meter long. Ew. Beer and pizza shit. 
This happens the day after the night before, but most of the time your <laughs> shit doesn't smell so bad, but this one is bad. Dad. And usually this one happens at someone else's house with someone waiting outside to come in next. This is also called dad's, D-A-D-S, day after drinking shit. Uh -huh. It is. It is a thing. It's a thing. It happens and it usually smells like metal. Ugh. Ring of fire shit or screamer. The one that happens after <laughs> after you've eaten seriously hot, spicy food. You will know it's safe to eat again when your ass stops burning. Oh, God. That, my friends, is the shit list. That's what we're here for, you guys. And I like I how we had this on our binders. Binder in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> no, in like seventh grade, I said. I don't oh. know why. Who let me do that? Where did I print it from? I don't even think I had internet in the seventh grade. But I think we all had it, though. Like it's and it was always on some shitty piece of paper, pun intended. Mine was on mine was in Comic Sans, so it was cute. Mm -hmm. oh, everything. Maybe I got it from you. Probably, yeah. Or Bubble. This was the Helvetica of the early two thousands. <laughs> For real, dude. Oh fuck. That was great. All right, talking about shit. Next time you poop, please think of us. Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> <laughs> you really like that one <laughs> wow i have oh my god mean, like we're now the shit show we've been the time. fucking shit show dude and now this whole season is a shit show <laughs> this whole our podcasting career has been a shit show <laughs> we can kind of say is it a career if you don't get paid yeah mm. we can kind of say we had a podcasting career like it's yeah. been four fucking seasons yeah that's like that's like a whole ass thing Mm-hmm. You know? Like, for real. I've heard better podcasts have less episodes than us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and here we are, just and doing our fucking going. thing. What's that thing that Paul Red says? Who would have thought? Not me. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> That's totally us, Red. dude. He's fantastic. Oh, God, he's a goddamn ageless angel. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> What Speaking are we, of what are we, what did I say? Spinking. I can't hear myself. Um, <clears throat> speaking of ageless angels, uh, or not, natural born killers. Yeah. Today. Um, These a la Mary Bell. Mm hmm. Who I wish I could have covered, but literally everybody has covered yeah. her. So there's that. We're not doing that. It's just people. Am I? Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I, I can hear you. It's just people who have like come out of the womb, like just rotten. Evil. Yep. Yeah. Janine. My exactly. ass, not me. Mm, this <laughs> is true. Who make you question nature versus nurture? <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. These are the nature. <laughs> yeah, this is just they were fucked up from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, my next one kind of is too. Like they just were fucked. They had no fucking hope at all. <clears throat> that was a really long intro. <laughs> I can't believe okay. we did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, who wants welcome. to go first? For anyone left, hi. I know. For anyone still listening, um, I'll go first. If you're here for the stories, this isn't the shit show. This is true crime girls. <laughs> oh, that's right. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hi richard and girls what if they like so this is like what what this is a pop <laughs> no oh no, my god not. this is gonna be the first one people listen to Fuck. um people should listen to this while they're pooping 
Ooh, that's an idea. Let us know what kind of poop you experience. Oh my god, please. From the shit list. Yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna do that. I want to know what kind of... To all our new listeners, since we got new followers, we probably got new listeners and, you yeah. know. Oh, I know. That's right. Um, and if anybody has noticed, including this one, Eileen has gone first these last three episodes. Yeah. It's just like her spot now. It's yeah. literally only so I can take the time to finish my next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm just kidding. <laughs> Today I'm not kidding. <laughs> Today I'm not kidding because I need. Not I just found another all. little tidbit just now on this website, and I want to add it to it because it's super exciting. If you did it on a computer, you could like copy it. <laughs> <laughs> <If> you- <laughs> Amount of shade that just happened right now was fantastic. I'm just saying, like. Oh, if you could see if you could hear the look i hope when you go to <laughs> shit after this podcast episode it went away it was it there gets and then stuck it it's it's gonna get stuck because it went away just not on the toilet I don't know, a la <laughs> a la coat hanger <laughs> <laughs> oh that was funny okay so all right go for it the most infamous i think in my opinion natural born killer is mary bell um mary bell strangled four-year-old martin brown one day before her her 11th birthday two months later her her and a 13 year old friend killed three-year-old brian howe after killing mary returned to mutilate his body with scissors and to carve an m into his stomach one could argue the subjects of our killer kids episodes were natural born killers Mm yeah yep right I think we've Absolutely. done like a lot of episodes that could overlap. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Me? You both said yeah for sure at the same time. <laughs> wow. Oh We're well, California, so. <laughs> for sure. But not only Wait, that, like I need to fucking undo this goddamn water. <laughs> not only that, don't you think like anyone on our any of our episodes any murderer ever could be a natural born killer except for like the snapped like depending on the circumstance i mean i feel like it depends on how early they start like i don't know like for me as long as it wasn't like something that set them off it was just like would that be considered a natural born killer something that doesn't have like well, a, i think that's the nature versus nurture argument is at what point are they aware so much of their shitty surroundings that it becomes nurture and not just natural yeah. so, that's the other thing a lot of them i feel like are just circumstances of what they've grown up around um right not so much like just having that natural fucking inclination to, like, yeah because if you're murder. in a family of like people who like rob and do fraud and like do all this shitty stuff like that's just normal for you and the fact that it escalates like that's more I, f- I feel like that would be more nurture um but they could be doing it since they were young just because of their family life so i feel like it depends po- possibly i feel like they could yeah interesting interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. so i did put a note in here like the baby farmer albert fish ted bundy yeah. those were natural born killers like yeah. those were people who were just they wanted to do albert fish especially i think he just wanted to do it wanted to get it done like he just thoroughly enjoyed it yeah 
but for him the payoff was the cannibalism ted bundy just got off on it right and like and the baby farmer was pure opportunity yeah they didn't have anything necessarily in their life to have caused them to stray towards these inclinations it just was like they felt like it yeah and that's exactly what i wrote down oh my god i need to read this I put some murders are created by the environment they grew up in. Some become killers by opportunity, but there are a select few who are literally born evil to the core. Yeah. Like Beth Thomas. Oh, okay. Cool. Segway. You get that? Yeah. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. How, How are you? Doing? How you doing? Fun fact, my middle name's Elizabeth. Oh. Fun fact, I, I still that. say Eileen Elizabeth Marie. <laughs> <laughs> And I say Jenny Marie, even though her name, she has no fucking middle name. Um, so there's a documentary called A Child of Rage, which I highly suggest. Is it on the Netflix? I don't know if it's still on there. Is that so there's two. There's Child of Rage, like, documentary, and then Child of Rage, um, like, about it, but not doc, not actually, it's like a oh, reenactment type yeah. of thing, like a lifetime type movie um if you want to see what a natural okay so we'll discuss afterwards <laughs> um at just six years of age the adoptive parents of beth thomas would lock her in a room at night just so she wouldn't stab them in their sleep beth herself admitted admitted to wanting to kill them <gasps> this one mm -hmm. she also admitted to sexually abusing her little brother yes killing birds and torturing the family dog yeah I remember. Uh, her yeah. brother jonathan was taken to the hospital after beth slammed his head into concrete trying to kill him mm. okay this kid is six years old yeah, yeah. um it's coming from a life of severe neglect both beth and jonathan had trouble coping beth was diagnosed with reactive attachment disorder she was not only neglected, but also sexually abused by her father for the first 19 months of her life. Her mother died when she was one year old and her and Jonathan were taken by CPS when Jonathan was just seven months old. It was said that his head was completely flat in the back from being left to lay in his bed all day long. Oh no. Yeah. Um, now I know this is supposed to be about natural born killers, but Beth never actually killed anyone, even though she, she had the desire to at such a young age. So she, hers was not nature hers was nurture hers was because of her circumstances the disorder she had everything and having those tendencies at such a young fucking age like yeah. you know like child like child of rage, child of rage. like she had all that rage though. pent up in her she didn't know how to deal with it mm -hmm. she didn't know obviously crying didn't do anything because they were neglected so much that so it's said that in in um like back in the day when they would just put kids in orphanages and just leave them there when it was like 80 kids to one adult mm -hmm. that the babies wouldn't cry because they knew that their cries wouldn't be answered so they would just not cry at all so in her circumstance crying and all these ways that she tried maybe to get through her rage didn't work yeah it just came somewhat natural to her to want to kill or hurt or like that's how she would get it out um so through intense therapy beth had almost complete had an almost complete 180 in her behavior she developed empathy and remorse for her actions and how she treated her brother 
Today, Beth Thomas works as a nurse. She has written a book called More Than a Thread of Hope. She also runs a business with her second adoptive mother to help families and children with um, RAD, which is the reactive attachment disorder. So I kind of want feedback from, I guess, whoever's listening are all 10 listeners. Um, <laughs> is it really possible to be a natural born killer or is it something we can create slash cure with corrective behavioral therapy and all that? I mean... Honestly, I think if she, in this particular case, if CPS did not take her, I think she definitely could have gone on to kill, whether it was mm -hmm. her brother or her dad or somebody else, like a teacher or whatever, just because none of that was ever addressed. She didn't know how to cope with these specific, like, emotions. And when you're young and you're not taught that, you know, acting out in rage or hitting somebody or whatever is wrong you just think that that's just as natural as like breathing or smiling mm -hmm. if she ever is happy but you just don't know how to decipher those feelings and it's almost like oh it's just how i am if it doesn't get corrected or anything mm -hmm. you just don't really know and that's, that's how it kind of like escalates right and they in that like in the documentary they're asking like asking her and just with like the most innocent little tone like well i was gonna stab them in their sleep i want them to die she has like dirty blonde hair right yeah and yeah, like a little bowl type cut yeah let me see if it's on i the feel like it's almost more natural when they don't have like a shitty childhood yeah. and you know there is no i guess quote unquote excuse for the behavior like i know there are plenty of stories of people who had you know they had parents who cared about them who you know taught them you know right from wrong or did their best to and they just ended up still being really shitty people and yeah. i feel like that in those <laughs> cases i feel like that's more nature than nurture obviously because doesn't matter. The parents did all like they could, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's a hard... Because... And there are cases where, like, CPS steps in to try and help and fix some, somebody, and it yeah. doesn't work. And they are still shitty people till the day they die. So, I think it just... I think it really depends on the person, the makeup. It's It's... There's no formula for it. So there is, um, it's not on Netflix anymore, but the documentary is only like 30 minutes long. It's called Child of Rage, A Story of Abuse. It was put out in 1990. And then in 1992, they made a TV movie about it called Child of Rage. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's it. Hmm. It's not on there anymore, unfortunately. I think on YouTube, her little um, oh, yeah, maybe minute interview. interview is on there, yeah. And it's like super old you can tell yeah well quality. 1990 oh actually they have the full documentary on there 43 4308 on the youtube mm -hmm. well there you go kids there it is Get into that adorable you see the little face? yeah that's the one <laughs> she's so cute she is actually Poor really thing. fucking cute <laughs> so she stabs you in her fucking sleep <sighs> she but yeah i think that's also why like even when we did our um 
like killer kids episode. It's like, could, could they be rehabilitated? You know, like, could they, at what point is the act that they've done as a child so bad that we decide they cannot be rehabilitated as a decent human being? Because let's say like in this case for Beth, like let's say she did kill someone. Let's say she did kill her brother. And then that she went into like therapy and everything and nothing happened. Like she was still saying the things she says in that interview. Then yeah, she's fucked. Like there's no, right. I mean, you can probably go through therapy and like corrective action until maybe she's like an adult, but sometimes it just doesn't. And I guess in this case they were able to catch it like way early on and kind of help her like sort out the feelings the and emotions, emotions that she yeah. was having. And then, like you said, like, she had remorse, she had empathy, she kind of... Well, obviously, she's a fucking nurse. She learned, yeah. And mm-hmm. she's putting together, like, you know, some type of foundation or some resources to help other people like that. Yep. What a happy ending, Eileen. I know. <laughs> I forgot I wrote that. <laughs> I literally <laughs> forgot. Don't you love 100%. It? <laughs> it's new to us, I was too. Ju- <laughs> I was <laughs> just as surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Well, and I think actually when we get to my story, I feel like mine is a decent example, if I remember correctly. I'm kind of like scrolling through it. Um, <laughs> well, because we, we don't even fucking remember. Okay. We wrote this like a month ago. Let's preface this. This was supposed to be recorded like a while ago, and yeah. we're just getting to it. So we wrote these so long ago that they're like brand new, brand new to us. Uh, I'm telling you, when I went to go write this one, I was like, oh, I'm, oh, I have most of it done, and I'm scrolling, and I'm like, oh, I have the whole thing done. Cool. It's done. So I. I think mine is a pretty good example of someone that they continuously tried to like fix, but didn't happen. (laughs) Like it just, yeah, it didn't. You go next time. Allegedly. I want to fucking know. I don't know. Now you want to, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, now I want to know. Go next. I'll go next. So I did, I don't know. Okay. So I did Jesse Pomeroy. Um, He was born in November 29th, 1859. You know me, my my oldies. Why does that sound hella familiar? Because she texted us the name. Yeah. Fuck you. That's not why. (laughs) Oh, that's why it sounds familiar. (laughs) She's sarcastic. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know that like legit sound that Pomeroy, not Jesse. Pomeroy sounds familiar. I think someone, I think someone like famous ish has that last but name. But that the year oh. threw me off. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So Sorry, proceed. he was born in Charlestown, Massachusetts, to Thomas and Ruth Ann Pomeroy. He was the second of two children. Um, his brother Charles was a year older. So right before I wrote this one, um, Spencer had just introduced me to the movie the town have you guys seen that before oh my god if i hear this fucking movie one more time i'm gonna have to watch it tonight because to watch it's first of all it's really good it's with ben affleck and um jeremy renner fantastic acting like holy so the child was talking about it a few weeks ago and then it came up at work and then this weekend, Frank was talking about it, mm-hmm. like literally Friday and Saturday and today's Sunday. And now you're talking about it. That's weird. <laughs> I need oh, to watch like it. it. Well, anyway, so it was set in Charlestown, Massachusetts. So when I was searching for a story and this one came up, I was like, 
oh shit it's a sign. yeah because this the town they'll get into the town and how like corrupt the town is and it's kind mm-hmm. it's like loose from my recollection it's loosely based on like true events like the town has some shady business that goes in to it and it's like the town member like the townspeople like protect each other like it's like it's I'm very, gonna text him right now before i fucking forget it's i really want to fucking watch it it's it's honestly so good um ben directs it I yeah, think, I think so. Yeah, he's the director. He did such a great job. Jeremy Renner is ridiculous. Like so good. It's 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 a really 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 good movie. Um, so that it's was one of the, the reasons why I chose this no. story is because I watched that? that movie right before. But um, but yeah. So Charlestown, Massachusetts, is like a hard town to grow up in. In general, it always has been. Um, sorry if you're from there. Hey, what's up? Please don't come after me. <laughs> we love you so much. It's, it's not oh, it's on HBO. If I'm wrong, correct me. I don't care. Like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but again, this was in 1859. So, hmm, just saying. He had a hair lip and one of his eyes was completely white. So, that's not what's creepy a hair at all. Lip? Like a cleft lip. Like a, oh, okay, okay. Uh, you can't see it, but like when you're... When your lips kind of like has like a cut in it, your cuff yeah. palate basically, kind of. Um, and some places also say that he had some mental issues, which I mean, some could argue that anyone who does these types of things sh- automatically has mental issues. Yeah. Um, but like what I mean by mental issues, I mean like, um, like autism or one of those types of, um, developmental behavioral disorders. Um, so other than that, not very much is known about his life before he was 11 years old. Like that's basically all we know because it really wasn't until he started to do things that people started to like take notice, you know, or it was being documented. Yeah. So, I mean, at 11 years old, like what were you doing? Like, let's say fifth, sixth grade, right? Like not much. I was watching Jerry Springer wanting to be a club kid. Wow. (laughs) That was more than I was expecting. That's all I wanted. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm like, I was like listening to Hanson crying that I got a Hanson shirt. <laughs> club kid. Uh, party monster. Yeah. I wanted to be a fucking club kid so bad. Well, we had very different wants in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't thinking about killing anybody. I was no. obsessed yeah. with like boy bands and things like that. So that oh, was for sure. my life at the time. You know, yeah. Um, not Jesse. No. So between the winter and fall of 1871, Jesse trapped and attacked seven younger boys. What? <laughs> yeah, as as you do at 11. Um, he would take smaller children into the woods and make them strip off all their clothes. He would then tie. Oh, wait, them- hold on, Alexa, off. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. That's fantastic. Oh, fuck you, Alexa. God damn it, Alexa. What'd she do? She's telling me she's having trouble connecting to the internet, but she won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> my, my, um, my Echo Dot did the same thing. We had to, like, turn it off because it's, like, broken now. Well, Is mine a break it? Just unplugging her like that? <laughs> I don't yes. know. You just her consciousness is now gone. 
<laughs> I unplugged her from the database. Anyways. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. Go okay. ahead. No, it's. It was just. <laughs> um, <laughs> stupid bitch. Um, so where I'll start from, he would then tie them up and torture them. So at first he just beat his victims, but as he grew more confident, he started to cut them and once repeatedly poked pins into a small boy. I don't have that confidence at 32. What the nope. fuck? And this dude? is all at 11 and this was like seven boys. Seven. Fuck, I couldn't do that to one person. Right? So, after his seventh, he was caught. <laughs> and, Thank God. And Jesus. was sent to... And he, he didn't kill any of these. It was all just torturing. Oh, that's better then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, I think it's worse. Yeah. So, and hence why he was probably caught yeah. too. But I'm surprised he wasn't caught sooner. But... Well. So... He was then sent to Westboro Reform School, where he was ordered to stay until he was 21 years old. So this was like, okay, you're fucked up. We're taking you yeah. and putting you in this reform school to try and get you okay. Um, so, but mistakes are made. So only a year later, he was released from reform school because of good behavior. Because it's so... Wait, he was supposed to be there until he was 21? Yeah. So he was supposed he to be was there only for 10 there years, but he only spent a year. Makes sense. Okay. Makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, and because obviously no one could be faking good behavior for a year. Right. That doesn't happen ever. Especially children. Yeah. Especially <laughs> children. Fucking liars. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, and, and what did Jesse learn from this? How to lie and deceive better. <laughs> that when he kept his victims alive, they talked. Obviously. Oh, fuck, dude. Like, that's what you take from this. Yeah. Not that it's Maybe. bad or anything. That, okay, I got to kill him, obviously. Um, so, so he knew of a solution for that. Um, in 1874, Katie Curran went missing. In some places, it says her name was Mary Curran. And after more research, I found her name was actually Katie Mary Curran. Hence the like oh, weird. Yeah. So, cause I was like, who, which one is it? <laughs> Are they um, sisters? Yeah, it was really. Um, so after torturing her this time, he killed her. It was like, not today. And so she was her, she was his first homicide. Um, just one month later on April 24th, 1874, the body of a four-year-old boy named Horace Mullen was found on the marsh of Dorchester Bay. The child's throat had been cut and he had been savagely what? stabbed um, about 15 times, um, potentially oh more. God. They couldn't actually really tell. Um, before he died, the boy had also been beaten. Uh, so at this point, he's what, like 13 in, in 1874? Yeah. yeah, about 13, probably. Okay. So um, originally, police were looking for an adult who committed this murder. But after yeah. looking at some suspects, they came across Jesse Pomeroy and like his history and all that so now so now he's now 14 actually 14 um a 14 year old who um was now the suspect behind this murder um there was a lack of evidence that linked him to this boy's death but they didn't care they arrested him anyways 
When police asked him if he killed the little boy, he responded, I suppose I did. You fucking asshole teenager would be like, did you or didn't you, motherfucker? <laughs> God damn. So during his trial, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, but Pomeroy was pronounced guilty on December 10th, 1874, um, with the jury's recommendation of mercy on account of the prisoner's youth. So they were like, yes, he's guilty. I'm sorry? But- they, they were basically like, yes, he's guilty, but because he's so young, like, they kind of want mercy on his sentencing. That happens a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Okay, but he's already fucking torturing these poor kids before he went in for that one year. Yeah. Got out. It escalated. He fucking killed this other little girl. And then they're like, well, he's so young. He yeah. has so much time ahead of him mm-hmm. fuck off mm-hmm. so his sentence was death by hanging so we're like okay well that that works however mm-hmm. governor gaston my what a guy um he refused to comply with his executive responsibility to sign the death warrant and set a date the only legal means of sparing Pomeroy's life was through the governor's council and only if a simple majority of the nine member council voted to commute the death penalty. I wanted to keep that one pretty like I was like because I was like copy and pasting that part and I was like I can't really that's too legal no, for me to like yeah. <laughs> that works. I'm just gonna leave it even though it's not my voice. <laughs> um, so um Over the next year and a half, the council voted three times. The first two votes upheld Pomeroy's execution, and both times Governor Gaston refused to sign the death warrant. So he's like, I'm just going to keep going until they don't do it. This isn't how this works. That's not how any of this works. But I guess it does. In August 1876, the council took a third vote anonymously, and Pomeroy's sentence was commuted to life in prison in solitary confinement. Which, I mean, some would argue that that's it can drive a person mad. So, um, some would argue. He already was mad. Yeah. So, on the evening of September 7th, 1876, Pomeroy was transferred from the Suffolk County Jail to the state prison at Charlestown and began his life in solitary. He was 16 years old and 10 months at the time. In 1916, when Pomeroy was 54, he was finally released from solitary and allowed to mix with other prisoners at Charlestown Prison. While in solitary, he read an immense number of books and he wrote a lot himself. He wrote an autobiography which chronicled his early life, kind of. I kind of tried to read it. It was really confusing. (laughs) The crimes of which he had been convicted and attempted... Oh, and so he chronicled like the crimes he of which he had convicted and 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 the attempt that he made to break out of jail. So when I was I didn't read it like fully, but when I was scanning through it, like he definitely says in there that so at some points he says like basically yes, I did it and then at other points he says almost like the police coerced him into confessions and that they were trying to pin it on him for Horace's like some of them he was like yeah I did and then other ones he's like no I didn't so yeah 
I don't know. It was all very confusing. Um, in 1929, 71-year-old Jesse Pomeroy was removed from the general population at Charlestown and taken to Bridgewater Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where he died on September 29th, 1932. Um, so... <sighs> In the autobiography, he also talks about the lack of evidence that they had for Horace. Like that was his big hang up in his autobiography was that he didn't do Horace's. And even though he said he kind of did, he was coerced into it. And um, do I think they had enough evidence based on the research? No. But do you think he did it? Kind of. Um, I I don't know. I just feel like there's not enough. Regardless, though, he like killed Katie Mary. So I'm I'm like, does it matter? Like, yeah, because I'm thinking the same thing. Like, he already had this history of torturing these kids. He obviously killed the little girl. He, I mean, to me, obviously, he killed this boy. But like, for you to say, oh, I didn't do it because they don't have enough evidence, like, that clearly shows that I didn't do it. It's like, okay, they don't have the fucking evidence, but hello, like, all of this other shit is documented. Right. Like, why, I mean, I don't know. If all fingers point to him, I don't really know if evidence matters with all his history. Right, and that's, that's I guess, the point. As much as it would suck to be convicted of something you didn't do, you still did some really shitty shit. So, like, does that suck for me to say that actually now that I'm like saying it out loud? Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. No, I mean, because I guess you have to do your due diligence with like evidence and everything, but yeah, but it would, I don't know, at the same time, like, it. I don't think I don't necessarily think that would have happened today. It was 1860. Like, (laughs) so, I mean, they didn't have much to go off of. And I let's I mean, I'm I'm going to assume that with the amount of the times that um, Gaston went to have that vote, like, obviously, it wasn't the most upstanding legal or justice system. But again, like, you did kill someone else. Yeah. So, and that's the thing, like, regardless, I think he should be locked up, even if he didn't kill this kid. Um, right. He would have escalated because he did. Right. Like, I feel more, I feel worse that if he didn't do this one, then who did? Like, that's well, that too. where I'm at with yeah. it. Like, if he did it, okay, you still kind of killed Katie Mary, so you're still going away, but who actually killed Horace? So that's where my head goes. Is more like we have another person that we need to get justice for, but the name Horace reminds me of 101 Dalmatians. So yeah, that was Jesse Pomeroy. And like, so I guess you could like argue, I mean, since Charlestown has that history that, you know. But they're more like from the movie. And granted, it's a movie, and I know. No spoiler alerts, even though it was no. like a hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the town seems to be more about like drug running and like money and like robbing banks and robbing and all of that. It's not like murder. <laughs> like yeah. people might get killed in those things, but that's not the main thing. Yeah. You know, it's so not like mafia. I just don't even even 
the town is not a reason to have done those things. No, not at all. So yeah, that's, that's that little asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe that whole fucking just, well, I guess is yours a child too. Um, I don't know. Because if it is, we can rename this little assholes. Oh, God. <laughs> well, my, no, no, mine is an adult. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, and like, yeah. Yeah, I guess because he wasn't out of jail. But I was going to say mine like followed him to when he was an adult. But he didn't do anything. Uh, no, I like I don't want to say the justice system because I don't think they had a justice system <laughs> in, in place at that time. Yeah. But just the decisioning on that is just mm-hmm. bullshit mm-hmm. but again yeah. it's the fucking 1800s so what are you gonna do it was crazy but i saw it and it was old timey and i just watched the movie so there we are <laughs> i actually have an old timey <gasps> Ooh, I just so she excited. said something funny and you asked me what was funny and i don't remember oh fuck oh no i remember you were like yeah that's not how this works that's not how any of this works (laughs) and it reminded me of that commercial (laughs) where it's like three old ladies sitting in a home and she's like oh i'm gonna post your picture to my wall and she gets like a polaroid picture (laughs) and sticks it on her wall and there's an old lady standing there she's like that's not how this works (laughs) that's not how any of this works i don't think i've ever seen that dude it's so so funny i gotta show you like a wall like on facebook yeah so like she's like the facebook wall but she like literally printed out a picture and put it on her wall and she's like yeah "Mm -hmm." and then the other one's like that's not how this works that's funny grandma's um okay i didn't reread this i kind of just skimmed through it same Mm -hmm. so this story is going to be just as a surprise to me as it is to you guys (laughs) whole so. fucking episode uh, let's let's find surprise, out guys let's find out together what my story is about <clears throat> um and i honestly don't know how i settled on this one because i have one two three four five six seven different web links of like <sighs> different names no. above the links for this specific person that's awful and i don't know why i chose it okay well that's fair uh because you're weird let's see all right um okay so the serial killer who would become known as the sydney mutilator and one of australia's first serial killers was born alan ginsburg the middle of three children in liverpool in 1924 so it's not in the u.s and it's old-timey sorry kyle (laughs) you're taking my Um, whole aesthetic I Wait, know. Alan or Ellen? L- A-L-L-A-N. Okay, so male. Yeah. Got it. I said he. I didn't hear that part. Oh, I didn't. Just kidding. <laughs> Aileen, you should have known. Okay. <laughs> it was Make implied. me feel stupid. I said he. Asshole. And then I'm sitting here I said like, it in my I mind. she did. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. Uh, the next word was he. He <laughs> was... <laughs> An unusual child prone to taking long walks at night by himself, and on occasion, his mother had to call the police to go and search for him. He never sought company of others and remained friendless all of his life. For those of you who are friendless, we are your friends now. Yeah. Welcome Psychiatrist, to the club. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, psychiatrist diagnosed a young man as being schizophrenic. 
1943, at the age of 19, he joined the army and was transferred to the Lancashire... <laughs> yeah? You want me to read it for you? What is that? <laughs> Lan- Lancashire Fusiliers? Fusiliers. Don't know what that is. Where he unfortunately... <laughs> Huh? Surprise! <laughs> yeah. Where he unfortunately was raped by a corporal who threatened him with death if he told anyone. Um, so, you know, a super cool, a schizo- diagnosed schizophrenic joining the army. Yes. Natural. Mm-hmm. At first, he felt bad and ashamed um, about what had happened. But as time went on, he realized he had enjoyed the physical experience and believed this was the start of his life as a homosexual. Ooh. A life that would ultimately bring him nothing but misery and humiliation. Oh my god. <laughs> Again, it's an early 1900s, uh, so yeah, so can't mm-hmm. be good. Um, being raped by the despised corporal would be constantly on his mind throughout his life and would play an important part in creating the horrific events ahead of him. So again, especially something like this where like this traumatic event happens and you don't get to like deal with it, I feel like it kind of manifests something completely different. Um, when he came out of the army in 1947, psychiatrists again diagnosed him as a schizophrenic and his brother had committed him to a mental asylum in Scotland that was straight out of the fucking dark ages. The cells were crammed full of raving lunatics and it was freezing cold. He received shock treatment every fucking day. <sighs> After six months, his mother got him out and took him home. Um, I can imagine what a seamless transition that was. As he grew older, he beca- he became an active homo... I don't know why I put fucking homosexual. That just seems so rude. He became an active homosexual. That just sounds weird. Openly so- soliciting men in public toilets and bars. His obvious um, sexual preference made life difficult in those conservative times as he moved from job to job and the taunts and ridicule became too much for him to cope with. Hmm. He also started to worry about his sanity. At this point, my dude, Um, he couldn't like, dude, come on. He consulted a psychiatrist in 1947 about his mental condition, complaining that the persecution was causing illusions and strange noises in his head. Those are the voices. (laughs) At the psychiatrist's recommendation, he spent the next three months in a mental institution, but it changed nothing. I feel like at this point, it might have been like too late to... Mm-hmm. treat it maybe mm-hmm. like or at least you know make everything a hundred percent better for him um <clears throat> disillusioned and convinced that his surroundings were to blame for his unstable mental condition ginsburg emigrated to canada in 1949 and then to australia in 1955 where he decided to start a new life completely and changed his name to william mcdonald New name, new me, didn't quite work for him (laughs) as old habits die hard. And shortly after his arrival in Australia, he was charged with indecent assault when he touched detective on the penis in a public toilet in Adelaide. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, Adelaide. So he touched a detective on his penis. In a toilet. In a toilet. Or like in the restroom. Was it like a tap tap setup? I don't know. Or did he just like it was probably reach like, into the urinal? Yeah, I know, like, the urinal. oh my god, like, yeah, that's this? what I pictured. Like a little like what you got going on there? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> McDonald was placed on a two-year good behavior bond. 
So again, he changed his name. Um, he's now William McDonald. So that's how we're going to address it. McDonald's murders began in Brisbane. Is it Brisbane or Brisbane? Brisbane. You know what, sure. Brisbane. In 1961, he befriended a gentleman named Amos Hurst after getting sloshed at a local pub. Yeah. That sounds like getting so much sloshed. Fun. <laughs> um, they ended up back at Amos's apartment and continued drinking. Honestly, it sounds like the perfect date night. Am I right? <laughs> did but you wait. write that? I did. <laughs> did you spell am I right as A-M-I-R-I-T-E? Of course I fucking did. <laughs> uh, but wait, there's but more. But wait, there's so once, <laughs> so once Amos was drunk, McDonald began to strangle him. Amos was so intoxicated, he didn't even notice he was being strangled and began to hemorrhage, eventually spitting blood all... Splitting... You've got this. Eventually spitting up blood all over McDonald's hands. McDonald then punched Amos in the face, killing him. He placed him on the bed, cleaned him up a little bit, cleaned himself off, and quietly left the apartment. McDonald was definitely paranoid that he was going to be caught, and after five days of obsessively obsessively scanning the papers for any news, he found Amos Hearst's name in the obituary, stating that he had died of he had died suddenly of a fucking heart attack. So because he hemorrhaged, and I guess I don't know, maybe at that time they weren't like looking into like forensics, like you didn't see the fucking strangulation marks around his neck, right? Um, they just thought it was a heart attack. So officially, at this time, McDonald had gotten away with murder. Wow. From here, he began carrying a knife and looking around bars and sketchy hotels looking for his next, uh, looking for a next easy victim to kill. Between his first and second victim, McDonald met a man named Bill who wore, who the more McDonald drank looked like the corporal who raped him. McDonald and Bill went to a nearby park after leaving the bar. Once Bill was passed out drunk, McDonald straddled him in anticipation of killing him, but then suddenly the urge went away. And Bill, for some fucking stroke of luck, lived to see another day. So it just, like, went away. Like, the urge was there, and he's like, yeah, just kidding. I'm gonna go. <laughs> um, in June of 1941, the voices in McDonald's head were back and urging him to kill again. He began speaking with a gentleman by the name of Al- Alfred Greenfield. Alfred was homeless and unemployed, and McDonald offered offered him some of his drink and lured him to a bathhouse with the promise of more alcohol. I mean, wouldn't you go for more alcohol? Why not? I love bathhouses. I'm saying the best place to get a drink. (laughs) Once Alfred was passed out, McDonald pulled a Patrick Bateman by throwing on a plastic raincoat before brutally stabbing Alfred to death. He learned the first time. Um, Alfred suffered approximately 30 stab wounds, the ferocity of the attack had severed the arteries in Alfred's neck. <gasps> Once Alfred stopped moving, McDonald removed his victim's clothes, lifted his peen and balls, and sliced them right off. He threw them into the harbor, cleaned off his knife, and walked home. Ah! Super chill bathhouse night. Um. Wow. Victim number three, Ernest Cobbin, was found violently stabbed approximately 50 times and similarly mutilated in a public restroom this time. McDonald, again, drank with his victims in a park, lured him, um, or I'm sorry for Ernest. He drank with him in a park, lured him into a public restroom, 
threw on his raincoat and stabbed Ernest until he knew he was dead. McDonald cut off Ernest's twig and berries, stuffed them in a bag, and left them in the public restroom unnoticed. Again, he was able to just get away, and I'm like, dude, this guy. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. McDonald seemed to go about living his best life. The urge had subsided a bit, um, but he still kept up reading the papers and felt as if he was reading about someone else instead of his own ruthless actions. So the paranoia was still there, um, even though the urge to kill had kind of gone away. He obviously knew that he did something wrong. Like, so he was mm -hmm. kind of trying to keep up with current events and see if they had any leads or, you know, were maybe on to him. He even engaged in conversation about the attacks with coworkers and literally shot the shit with them about what kind of a monster this must be to like be doing this to these men. The thought of giving himself up to police also crossed his mind, but he had to admit to himself that he enjoyed the killing too much to turn himself in. As the time passed, the urge to kill grew more and more, and McDonald was ready to strike again. In March of 1962, Frank McLean was found in South Wales by a gentleman taking a stroll with his wife and son. Frank was still alive, but just barely. The Good Samaritan went straight to the police to get help. The police were so organized in their hunt for the mutilator at the time of Frank's death, that within 30 minutes, there were 30 detectives at the murder scene, but again, the mutilator had fled without a trace. So at this point, they kind of know, like, what's going on. They know they have to, like, kind of get there, try to get as much evidence as possible, but if this was done the night before and they're taking a morning mm -hmm. stroll, mm -hmm. the perpetrator is fucking gone. Um, after this incident, police began to theorize that the attacker may be a surgeon who maybe lost his shit a little bit. Um, the murders were unprecedented in Australian history. This was like in 1960s. Um, and police could not recall more violent or sickening crimes before this. The manner in which Frank's genitals were cut seemed to have been done by someone with surgical experience. Shortly thereafter, doctors began to find themselves under investigation. <laughs> so it was kind of like the Black Dahlia where it was like the precision was just insane. And it's like somebody highly trained. Like that's the only possibility. <laughs> what the um, Yeah. As there were no fingerprints or any real evidence they could possibly use, police began to stake out public restrooms, hotels, and bars where they believed this type of person would be hunting for victims but with no luck. Before his final murder, things were not going well for McDonald. He'd lost his job at the post office and got, and got into an argument with his landlord. McDonald had saved some money and decided to open his own business. He, met, he made sandwiches and sold random general goods, um, and he lived right above the business that he had uh, put together. Once the urge began to strike again, McDonald was excited to have somewhere to bring his victims. He would no longer have to worry about being caught in public restrooms. Uh, now he can murder in the comfort of his own home. Aww, so um, nice. In November of 1962, did I just go back? No, okay, so the last victim is March 1962. This is now in November. So November 1962, McDonald went to a wine palace looking for his next victim. He met Patrick Hackett and brought him back to his new place. And like a broken record, they continued drinking until Patrick passed out. McDonald then struck Hackett through the neck and he woke up. 
and mm. began to defend himself. And this pissed him the fuck off. McDonald then grabbed a knife again with both hands and stabbed him, stabbed through Hackett's heart, killing him instantly. McDonald was so exhausted from this attack, he fell asleep. Um, <laughs> what? Next, next to James's body. Uh, the violent attack obviously left blood everywhere. And Mac when McDonald woke up, he was covered in dried, sticky blood. So he brutally murdered this fucking guy. So much so that he was exhausted, passed out next to this fucking guy, and just slept in his blood all night. Like, I can't. He was drunk, though, wasn't he? So you figure yeah. just a little bit of exertion, he's going to be tired. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> but, like, also, wouldn't it kind of, like, sober you up a little bit? I don't know. I've never done it. I'll let you know. <laughs> I mean, I have. I'm saying. Um, not killed anybody, but, you know, overexerted myself. Yeah, and I'm fucking exhausted. I bought myself. Fun night. Um, <laughs> he was covered. Did you sleep through ten alarms? This is true. <laughs> <laughs> feeling attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, when he woke up, he was covered in dried, sticky blood. Ooh, the pools of blood had gathered where. The pools of blood that had gathered were on the verge of dripping into his business. Remember, he lived right above the shop. Yeah. Um, so he cleaned up the best he could. He dragged Patrick, Patrick's body beneath his place of business. And paranoid, he packed his shit and book it, booked it to Brisbane. He just fucking left. Whoa. Um, he, he just colored got his, hair. his new Kush deal, though. With the, are you doing it at home? Well, and he's just going to leave it like that? You got to go. You got to go, my dude. Wow. Um, he colored his hair black. He grew a mustache and he changed the name. He changed his name again to Ellen McDonald. So he was born Ellen Ginsburg, changed his name to William McDonald, and then now changed it again to Ellen McDonald. So oh, like his dear original Lord. Yep. Combined name, all the things. Um, weeks after leaving, neighbors called the health department complaining of an awful smell coming from the McDonald from McDonald's former business. That because he had food. So the health department um, in turn called authorities on November 20th, 1962 and police found the rotting corpse, which at that time was so badly, de de was so badly decomposed. They couldn't identify him. Oh my God. Since they could not identify the body, they believed it to be that of the business owner, McDonald. Oh, <gasps> and this is the information that was published. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> McDonald began to uh, began to feel the urge to kill again, but could only do so in Sydney. Um, upon his return, he ran into an old co-worker who obviously believed that McDonald was dead, and he just asked him to leave him alone. But for some reason, the co-worker believed that McDonald may be the mutilator that authorities were looking for. Oh. After much convincing, police exhumed the body and finally... Oh, fuck, somebody just texted me. Um... They exhumed the body and finally correctly um, identified the man as Hackett. Moreover, they noticed the multiple stab wounds and genital mutilation that they somehow fucking missed the first time. <laughs> like, how, like, where do you think like, the fucking oh, blood came from? Oh, missing. <laughs> oh, heart attack. <laughs> oh. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's great. They started, they started putting the pieces together and reignited their search for the mutilator. Sydney police began circulation, circulating photos of McDonald, and although he attempted to disguise himself by coloring his, his hair and growing that mustache, his co-workers identified him immediately, and he was finally apprehended. 
During questioning, McDonald admitted to the brutal killings and blamed it on his uncontrollable urge to kill. He stated that he heard voices in his head telling him that his victims were the corporal who raped him as a teenager. <laughs> McDonald was charged with four counts of murder. I don't even know what this word is. Oh, the. <laughs> <laughs> it's age space T-E. <laughs> Christ. Those are the misspellings. That's, that's how you know what this word is. Oh, the. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the trial began in September of 1963. Ooh, that's really fast. It's like less than a year. And was one of the nation's most sensational. McDonald pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Surprise, fucking surprise. And testified in great detail to the gruesome murders. He told the court how blood had sprayed all over his raincoat as he castrated his victims how he put their private parts into plastic bags and took some home. Some jurors fainted and had to be taken out of the courtroom. Wow. McDonald never showed any signs of remorse and made it quite clear that if he would, if he were free, he would go on to killing again. He was sentenced to five consecutive life sentences with the strong recommendation that he never be released. Obviously he just fucking said he'd kill again. Yeah. Um, McDonald was in prison at Long Bay hospital. He died in May of 2015 at the age of 90, 90. while still imprisoned um so he obviously like died in prison at the time of his death mcdonald was the oldest and longest serving prisoner in custody in new south wales wow and what that's a, the story what a of wonderful human being <laughs> alan ginsburg aka william mcdonald aka alan ginsburg um aka alan mcdonald said alan ginsburg. <laughs> oh alan mcdonald AKA the Sydney Mutilator. Wow. Sounds like a band name. The Sydney Mutilator? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the Sydney Mutilators. Yay. All right. I'm taking it. I called it on that name. <laughs> Man. That was really good. That was it. so good. Oh, wow. That was a great Jesus. story. Good job, Janine. Oh, my God. That was really good. Um, <laughs> good job. When I, Do you remember when I, why you um, chose it now? Huh? Do you remember why you chose it now? Like yeah, now I remember. Yeah, it was um, it was the penis cutting off, wasn't it? It was the penis cutting off. It was me being able to say twig and berries. It was just everything. Um, yeah, I like that one. That was a good one. But again, I up until the um, the assault, I think he was kind of fine. I mean, he didn't have a lot of friends. He was kind of a loner, but he, just not being yeah. able to deal with something like that. Again, like just will start manifesting all kinds of crazy shit. I feel like if it wasn't the assault, it would have been something else. Like it was it yeah. was there. And it, like that it was just, a catalyst. It, it was just waiting. The, yeah, it just needed the moment. And then so wow yeah um i haven't done a guy story in a long time I, that's why that's why eileen was so confused she was like I i'm know. sorry ellen no alan i was confused ellen right, okay. <laughs> yeah um but yeah so now i know why i chose that story wow mm -hmm. that's a good proud one of you. thank you that's a really good one I'm proud of yourself are you sure a little bit you yeah, surprised yourself really good. i totally fucking surprised yeah. myself 
Tell, I wish I remembered writing, writing it. it. I can tell when you're reading it, it was like somebody else wrote it. You're and you're like, like, holy shit. Ah, How? And then what happens? No, oh my God, I can't wait Hold to up, finish Hold up, Janine, let this. me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was good. These were some good ones. I liked it. Yeah, and I know for something like this, like it's so easy to do like an Edmund Kemper, which I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um or like Mary Bell or something like that that we haven't done before. But again, we try to pick stories that mm-hmm. either we've never heard of or we mm-hmm. think that are not that that well known. Yeah. We do it for you guys. You're welcome. We did it for the grant. <laughs> we also do it for the grant. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> that was... I feel I like see I feel so much better. Those were horrible stories, but I just feel so much better because they have finality and you know they're all gone and yeah or reformed. It's fantastic. A little bit, yeah. Well, Eileen, um, yeah, she, yeah, she had the yeah. Beth, was it Beth Thomas? Her last name. Yep. Um. So sorry about we're gonna try to do our best for the sound yeah but we'll I see think, how that goes i think it'll be fine i think you will notice a distinct difference <laughs> towards the end um we had some oh, sound issues the, all of a sudden um we had some sound issues in the beginning but i think i'll be able to help it uh, i think i'll be able to help so hopefully you won't notice too much yeah and hopefully you'll be like what i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> what are they saying if it sounds good just delete yeah right (laughs) um so i think that was a cool episode to come back to after the the shit show of the the past two oh my god i know they were really i'm so sorry that was (laughs) uh janine and i were talking about it and it was like as i was editing them i was just like oh my god these are i feel I i feel like shit four times why do we do that? <laughs> Why do we do this to ourselves? Well, we're we didn't this Who time. Knows? Yeah, this was a good episode. Yeah. La- true shit show. Oh yeah. The true. Sh- <laughs> so they, like literally. Yeah. yeah. From the beginning to, to the, the sound. Yep. Back in cutting yeah. it out. So thank you for tuning into the shit show. As always. <laughs> Um, we have a ton of merch still up, yep. um, even though the holidays are over. Doesn't what do matter. we have coming up? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Singles Day. Singles Awareness Day. Um, Groundhog's Day, which is also <laughs> Kylie's birthday. <laughs> yeah. So buy stuff from us. St. Patrick's For yourself Day. to celebrate her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arbor Day is coming up. Um... <laughs> My birthday is a national holiday. Eileen's birthday is a national holiday. Yeah, two times to celebrate. There you, there you go. go. Mm-hmm. Um, so buy two times the things from us. Lincoln's birthday. True. That's happening. The child's birthday. So many reasons. Not not Yoda. We the one that we did first. That we did the child first. Then Star Wars. Took oh, it. we're currently in a lawsuit with them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, we're reclaiming yeah, the child. I mean, right. nobody really calls him the child no, except for the Mandalorian. Everybody else just calls him Baby Yoda, so we're good there. Yep. yep. Hopefully. All their merch says the child. Does it really? Mm-hmm. Literally, nobody knows that, though. Uh, <laughs> Literally, everybody calls it. I know that. Baby Yoda. Is that would be. Um, would that be the equivalent of calling it like a baby Shamu when it's not actually a Shamu? It's exactly. A, okay, got it. 
I was thinking about it and I wanted to ask somebody but I wasn't yeah. sure. It would be, yeah, because everyone, all kids call it, well, kids our age would always say, oh, that's Shamu, but it yeah. wasn't really Shamu. Okay, got it. Now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you guys heard you the Baby Yoda song? No. <sighs> I'm so Is excited. it like Baby Shark? <laughs> no, it's better. Hold on. I'll cut this out. Oh Literally, nails on a fucking chalkboard is better than Baby Shark. <laughs> the song. Um, I went to a Harlem Globetrotters game recently and they started playing mm-hmm. Baby Shark and I got like way too excited about it. <laughs> like, as someone who has zero kids, way too excited. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, look, they have, like, the techno version. showing up on Spotify. There's That's like a mariachi crazy. version. There's a rock and roll version. Baby There's like a death metal version. That's, no, that's unnecessary. It's all unnecessary. They're all sorts of versions. Sounds like something you listen to like in a cookie compilation. It's very postal service-y. Have you ever seen... That sounds so perfect. Is it Jimmy Fallon? When they're playing like songs with the artists on like nursery toys? No. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yes. what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. They, they'll have like, um, yeah, musical artists come in and they'll they'll play the songs on like, um, like a plastic like keyboard yeah. and like. It's called. No, not that one. Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon does it. Okay. With the roots, right? Isn't that his band? Oh, I saw the Adele one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, Classroom Instruments. Yeah. And it's I like a recorder and like a triangle. Yeah. And, yeah. My favorite, yeah, my favorite one is Let It Go. Oh, God. He's got fucking blocks. <laughs> oh, my God. What is this, a xylophone? Yeah. <laughs> He literally has letter blocks. I can't. <laughs> I love it. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. This yep. is it. You're welcome. Yep. This is the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. Crazy. Thank you so much for everybody that's listening. All our new listeners. Yeah, all our new, our new followers. What the? F- I don't know what There's the hell. There's a shit ton. Is going I don't know on. where you guys are coming from. Um, but that's cool. Oh, somebody actually <clears throat> said that those conspiracy guys shouted us out, and I don't know if it's an older episode oh. or a new one. But either way, either Gordo, way, that's thank you. So cool. Yeah. Um, so I fucking sweet. love them. Well, I love them so much. They're so good. That podcast is amazing. If you have like six hours to kill for one episode, <laughs> they they are it for you. They're really really good, thorough, like amazing research. That's awesome that's really cool um but yeah thank you guys again Mm -hmm. um we appreciate you we still don't know what the fuck is wrong with you continuing to listen to us but but keep 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 being all fucked up and listening to us because we appreciate it um yeah and we have um i'm gonna be honest i haven't really been doing the show notes but i need to catch up but we do have show notes um 
on occasion <laughs> on our website um, yep. along with the merch is there too like Janine mentioned and we also have um, like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter is just a repeat of Instagram but it's still mm-hmm. cool and yeah so just go ahead and go there and follow us everywhere but don't follow us Mm-mm. Please. Mm-mm. don't do it thank you don't fucking do it. All right. All right. Goodbye. Bye.